Welcome to a special interview episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Timonini. On today's episode, I'm in conversation with actress, singer-songwriter, and social media sensation, Ellery Ward. This coming week, she is heading out on the final leg of her first solo concert tour, which will take her to Atlanta, here in Orlando, Pasadena, San Francisco, and more. In our conversation, Ellery discusses the absolute whirlwind that has become her life since finding a following on TikTok during the pandemic with her soulful acoustic covers of Stephen Sondheim classics. We also get into how she ended up going on tour with Josh Groban last summer, participating in next month's MCC miscast, which is a dream come true for her and one of the coolest things that can happen to anybody in my mind, and much, much more. Of course, in the show notes, we will have information on where you can contact Ellery, follow her on social media, and of course, purchase tickets to see her in tour. If you are in Florida, I will be at her concert on Thursday, March 30th. All right, with all of that out of the way, here's my conversation with Ellery Ward. going to hear this know your backstory or at least are familiar with the broad strokes of how you went from being an actress and singer early in her career to going on a tour and having albums and critically acclaimed and all of these things and performing at miscast next month which is like for me seems like that would be the highlight but we can get to that in a minute um so but for people who aren't familiar, like, can you give us just a Cliff Notes version of what the last few years of your life have been like, starting from early 2020 before the pandemic, everything that went on with recording the album and becoming a, you know, TikTok, you know, sensation uh, to where you are now? Yeah, um, it's really quite a whirlwind, I'd say. Um yeah, so uh, I moved to New York in 2017. I I graduated from the Boston Conservatory with a BFA in musical theater um, and also studied songwriting and uh, was just auditioning uh, over and over and over again <laughs> with not much to uh, to claim as my own. Um, but all the while I was continue, continuing to write music and then one day in early 2019, I, I decided to pick up my guitar and make a cover of Every Day a Little Death. And then the next day I, I made a cover of Joanna Reprise. And from there, I just sort of kept making these little covers. Uh, and 
then obviously the pandemic happened and it I feel like it's actually a similar story for a lot of people that I know that right when the pandemic hit I was getting like the most callbacks ever I felt like I was about to like hit something something was going to happen for me and then nothing happened to everyone um and so I just kind of like went into my own musical world for kind of like a whole year and um, wrote a lot of music and continued making these Sondheim covers. And it wasn't until I joined TikTok in like late January, 2021 um, that I, I posted everything that I had up until that point. So I didn't have to like completely start from scratch. <laughs> and um, this like backlog of covers just, you know, was resonating with people that I never, I, I never had an audience for these things before. Um, it was really just my friends and my family who kind of cared. Um, and then TikTok really changed that for me. And people wanted to hear these covers in their car and on their way to work and going to bed and on you know Spotify and Apple Music and et cetera. And so I said, okay, I... I know roughly how to work logic a little bit and I um, have a microphone. It was like a hundred dollar microphone that was duct taped to my mic stand because it was broken. (laughs) Very nice. Um, And I have a keyboard and a guitar and my voice, like that's all I really need. Right. And so I, uh, I recorded um, uh a whole album in my, in my walk-in closet. I was in Boston at the time. Um, the pandemic took me there for a little while and, um, yeah, recorded this album and I reached out to kind of every Broadway media outlet you could possibly think of. Um, I was one of them. You actually, you, you sent me a message on Instagram actually years ago now. Oh my God. Well, full circle. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry for annoying you. No, not uh, at all. <laughs> I, yeah, so I, no one responded. <laughs> I did. No, and- I I will say I used to work at Broadway World and I still do a little bit. So I actually, I think, got you in touch with the folks at Broadway World who actually did a, a feature on you uh, back time. Yeah, I, so I could, was- yeah, I could be misremembering that, but yeah. That I mean. Yeah. Yes, through the TikTok that I made, that was the only thing that worked. So, um, I, yeah, I all these emails, like no one like read them or responded to them. But TikTok, I made a video and people tagged Broadway World in it, and that led to the Q and A. And um, the day that Q and A came out, I got an email from Kurt Deutsch from Ghostlight Records, basically just being like, "Love what you're doing. How can I help?" And I was like, "Ah, uh, I don't know. It's just the coolest thing I've even ever experienced in my life." Um, totally unexpected. Because at that point, I was like, "I'm going to release this independently, as I always have. Like, no one's ever." helped me with anything with music or anything. So I just was so fully prepared to do it on my own and to kind of get this interested helping hand was crazy to me. And then one thing led to another and I ended up signing, signing a deal with ghost light and they released my first album, a perfect little death. Um, 
And through them, they then like set me up with my first solo shows. I did two shows in in a night at Rockwood stage three, very small. Um, <clears throat> but they both sold out, which was like, I, I didn't even think anyone was going to come. So <laughs> that was awesome. And uh, at my second show that night, um, Josh Groban was in the audience and yeah, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and um so that I met him that night and then a couple months later he um he called me and asked me if I would open for him uh on his summer tour. That's it. Was- it was just like he you met him one night and then a couple weeks later he asked you like I knew it that happened obviously but I didn't realize it was that quick like that's insane. Yeah, really insane. I I like couldn't even eat my dinner that night. It's <laughs> <laughs> like reeling um and yeah and then between then and and that tour i recorded my second album not in a closet and i went on tour with josh and you know before that i also I'm, i played more solo shows so you know just getting into this new vein of performing that i never really saw for myself um and then did the tour with josh which was amazing it, it truly I grew so much um, as a person and as an artist and performer last summer. Um, and then, yeah, I'm I'm like currently on like a little hiatus between legs of my own solo tour, um, which is also crazy to say. That's just <laughs> I mean, you don't go to musical theater school being like, I'm going to make Sondheim covers and do my own <laughs> solo show across the country. Like, It's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah, I mean, it. So, okay, so I went into Instagram, I scrolled back, it looks like 93 weeks, and I was wrong. You didn't message me, I messaged you. Uh, I I sent it at 1.40 a.m. on April 8th, 2021. I was apparently scrolling through TikTok at 1.40 a.m., if that tells you how addictive TikTok is. Uh, and I saw the post, I, I and I, I sent the information to the news desk and the folks at Broadway world. So that might've been uh, me that you were talking about from that. So uh, I did, I completely misremembered it. I thought you would reach out to me. So I'm going to take 100% credit for your entire career. Uh, No, (laughs) no, not at all. But so um, I live in Orlando, Florida. You are going to be down here in Orlando, Florida on, on March 30th. And so I already have my tickets. I bought tickets as soon as it was announced. I saw the email from the Dr. Phillips Center and I jumped on it. But you're right. Like this has to be, I don't know if it was ever really, like you said, you go to musical theater school and even though you studied songwriting, like was doing your own stuff ever part of like the dream? Obviously, like a lot of times musical theater stars, when they get to a certain level, they go out and do shows, but it's usually not even their own stuff. Normally it's, you know, covers and standards. Was this ever something that pre the Sondheim covers and everything like was on your radar? Was this even a dream or a goal to have? I don't even know. I think it was a dream, like a, a, a lowercase D dream, (laughs) like a daydream um, in terms of, performing just as a musician or like a songwriter or, you know, and I, I, my songwriting is very different from the Sondheim stuff that I do. So I kind of always saw it as this like separate wing of my life and of my personality as an artist. 
um, because I've been so focused on theater my whole life because it's my first love, first and foremost. Um, and so I I always saw them as these two different entities that lived within me. Um, although I've always I've always written music. I started piano lessons when I was five years old and my first recital, I performed a song that I composed myself. <laughs> so like I've been writing music my whole life, but it never, um, it never clicked with like the passion that I have for theater, um, kind of until I blended my, my musicality and the vision I have for music with Sondheim. That was the first time those two parts of my life ever fused. Um, and now I'm like, actually embarking on the crazy path that is going to be writing my own musical. Oh yeah. Because, I was going to ask about this one. Yeah. 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 Um, it's something I, I love how human beings can change so drastically over time. Um, because even a year ago, uh, if someone asked me, have you thought about writing your own musical? I'd be like, fuck no. <laughs> like I really was always so intimidated by it, so scared, so um, like in denial that my skill set could even be applicable to that world because um, it's just a very difficult thing to do. And also, I think I've been limited by my view of musical theater and like music itself in the theater um, I don't listen to Broadway cast recordings. I don't particularly enjoy whatever the quote unquote genre of musical theater music has become. Because um, to me, it it was born an art form, uh, a form of storytelling that then used popular music to tell the story, um, which has now kind of gotten away from itself. Um, and so... I always felt like it wasn't for me because I don't write musical theater music. Um, and now I'm like, well, I I want to bring the music that I like in the world, the music that I listen to in the world to the stage that I love the most. Like, why was I limiting myself from that? Um, and now I'm just like very inspired by that and very intrigued of where I can go now that I've opened the door for myself. Because once you open the door, I don't know. You surprise yourself. You you yeah. open yourself to new things. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. When you talk about the style of music that you enjoy uh, just as a person that you enjoy listening to, what is that? What are the influences that inform not only the original songs that you write from just like a, a you know popular music standpoint, but also the type of music that you want to bring in to this musical that you're working on? Yeah, well, my my number one inspiration and just <laughs> giver of life <laughs> for me musically is Caroline Polachek. Hmm. Um, she is the person I would say who actually changed my life as an artist. And wow. I've never I've never been someone who's like, oh my God, this artist, I love them so much. They just changed my life. Like <laughs> I I don't take that sentiment lightly. And so I've never said it about anyone um, because yes, artists can change the way you view the world. They can make you feel things, but I've never felt like my actual life itself has ever been changed by someone's music until I 
found her. Um, and it was, it was actually at the very start of the pandemic, I opened up some Spotify radio and the first song that was on it was door by Caroline Polachek. And it starts with this really like strange melody, um, that bounces around. Uh, and I was immediately taken by it because I love, I love big intervals and like weird, weird interval intervals that make music kind of catch your ear. Um, and her voice also is super rangy and she has a big break. And so she kind of like yodels in a, in a way. And I was realizing, oh my God, I love so much about this woman's uh, voice and her artistic outlook. And yet th- those are things I have within myself that I've been suppressing to, mm. to try to fit into some theater box that I kind of never have really fit into. Um, and so it was in that moment that I made kind of a pact with myself that I would not sing or make music that didn't feel completely raw or natural to me and my instrument and and my voice, both physically and, uh, you know, in abstraction. And so I, it really did change the way that I I make music now, the way that I write. Um, I I really don't, people now hear my voice as this very distinctive thing that it never was before. Like I always had this yodel and this big break, but I was always made to feel bad about it in, in theater because there's this like belty mix voice where you don't have any breaks that is so like put on this pedestal of what a musical theater voice should be that I just don't have. And I've studied to have it. I can do it if I want to, but it doesn't feel natural to me. And it wasn't until discovering her music that I, my eyes just were so opened to this, this whole dynamic that I have with myself and these things that I was telling myself about my voice and now I'm I am a singer and an artist that like people know me to be because of that moment listening to that song. But that's got to I mean, that that's incredible. Like it's it's got to be super rare for an artist to be able to pinpoint a specific moment in their life and say, like, this is the thing when I changed as a writer and a creator and a performer. And that's uh, to me, that's that's got to be a little bit overwhelming even at times to be able to look at that and say, like, your life changed on a dime yeah because of because of somebody else's work like that's what art and music is supposed to do right i know and i just i i'm maybe i'm very picky in particular which i know is true um but i also feel like it just doesn't happen often to me it doesn't it doesn't happen often where someone's um music or their art really does just like take over me and and feels like it changes my molecules and my, my way of life. Um, and that's, I want to do that. You know, I want to do that for people. And I feel like there's been kind of a lack of that in musical theater from my perspective. Um, and I know I can't be the only one who has a specific taste in music or in aesthetic. And I know I can't be the only one who feels bored of jukebox musicals um, and bored of certain 
just certain attributes that contemporary musical theater has uh, garnered. Um, so I want to I want to be someone who changes someone else's life in theater or makes someone like musical theater who never liked it before, you know. And that's what I feel like I've begun doing with the Sondheim stuff because I certainly have gotten the people who have told me that they never liked Sondheim, never knew who he was, and now they love his music because of my albums. And that makes me feel like, okay, like it's worth something. It's actually, it's possible to make an impact. And now I'm, now that I've had a taste of it, I want to just, I want to push that further. Yeah. Well, you are talking about making a difference and and kind of changing at least for somebody, the way that they think about musical theater. Tell us about this show you work on. You've posted some clips and some information about it on TikTok and on Instagram and stuff. But for people who are not yet following you, which they should, uh, it's a it's about a sword fighting bisexual opera singer from 17th century France is from the, the, the elevator pitch, right? Yeah, um, it's it's Julie Dabigny, uh, and there have definitely been things written about her before, things put up about her before. Um, but I don't know. I feel like my my take on music um, can enlighten the world that she lived in in a way that maybe it hasn't been done before. Um, and also, it's just like her her being and the her personality who she was is also kind of like mysterious there's a lot that we don't know is fact or fiction or like people's names that we don't know in her story that also is like exciting to me in terms of how do you take the kernel of her story and her her life and then sort of dream it up um in a way that is applicable today, because I think her story is, is so contemporary. And um, I just, I find her so inspiring and I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm, I, I really want to make like an art pop um, operatic yet. Mm, I don't even know whatever <laughs> fusion of all of my musical dreams <laughs> Yeah. into one thing. <laughs> well, I mean, I you recently made your off-Broadway debut as an understudy or swing. I'm not sure what if you were you an understudy or a swing and only gold. I'm not sure what the I exact. Was, yeah, I was both. So I okay. swung for two ensemble roles and I understudied two principal roles. And talking about a show that is a fusion of a lot of different things, that certainly was. I did not get to see you go on, but I saw it with, although I did see you afterwards, I was there with Rebecca Michelson uh, and she oh. talked with you afterwards, but um, I love that. Like I loved the energy and all the weirdness and the quirkiness of that show. So I'm not sure if that's the type of thing you're thinking about when you're talking the melding of a bunch of different styles. But to me, that show what you were part of certainly has a lot of the DNA kind of the things that you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to write a musical, it probably won't have that much dance. I'm yeah. sorry, you're a genius, but I am not a dancer first. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I I definitely loved the um, combination of Ableton tracks and a 10-piece orchestra. I made it sound really full, and I'm all about, I love mixing tracks and real instruments. It's 
Oh, I love it so much. I don't even know how to describe the feeling <laughs> it makes me feel. But yeah, I love electronic music fused with real acoustical instruments. It's just good. I don't know. <laughs> well, speaking of that, you still have a number of two, uh, tour stops left. You're going to be in Atlanta. Like I said, here in Orlando, in Phoenix, you've got three nights in Pasadena. Then you're going up to... Uh, to Washington and you're playing in Jersey and in the middle of that is miscast, which I do want to ask about here real quick. But for people who are thinking about coming out, maybe just hearing that you're going to be in town, what are your shows like? Are they a mix of the musical theater Sondheim stuff as well as originals? What are they going to hear in an evening of Ellery Ward in town? Yeah. So, um, I, right now I'm, I'm just playing my Sondheim show, uh, which I mean, it's, there's so much there already. It would be like horrible for me to have to like cut songs and like choose. So for me, it feels like I have to honor Sondheim's, um, breadth by having a full show of his work and also having two full albums as well. Um, so it really is just me and my guitar and the way that I I open the show by saying, welcome to my living room, you know, welcome to my apartment. This is how I create all of these arrangements. It's always just been me on my bed or on my couch with me and my guitar, always just guitar and vocal first and foremost. And then I build it from there. And if I'm going to tour my covers of these songs and my arrangements, I, and have it be my first tour as well. I really just wanted to to pay tribute to that because I think it's really special to strip these songs down to the bare bones and then just share the intimacy of that with a room full of people. Um, I personally find it incredibly special um, and personable. And, and that's, that's what I also love about these songs um, is you can do that. And it, leaving space for it kind of opens them up. Um, so yeah, it's re- it's just me and my guitar and a microphone and I tell some stories and I, I share my heart really. It's all, it's really about just like sharing my heart um, at the crux of it all. And um, we're also adding San Francisco oh, as well. On um on April twentieth, so I'll be at Feinstein's at the Nico. Very nice, yeah. Very classy, very classy joint to be playing out in San Francisco. (laughs) Um, I've mentioned Miscast a couple times because that is my favorite event. Every yeah, like it had like for people who love musical theater, which I know you do, like seeing incredible people reimagine songs, which is I have to say not dissimilar from what you do with your albums. Um. You know, like that's that's just exciting. I, I know you can't share like what you're doing, but do you have a well, two questions. Do you have a mm-hmm. uh, somebody you're most looking forward to sharing the stage with on that night? And then secondarily, do you have a favorite miscast performance of all time from somebody? OK, so ooh, these are hard questions. Um, first of all, I am really excited to share the stage with Josh again. So I'm, I'm happy that he'll be there. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm, I feel like a little baby (laughs) amidst (laughs) legends. So I'm kind of starstruck and in awe that I get to share the stage with 
every single one of these amazing performers. It's, it's nuts. Everybody who's going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't, I mean, I don't have a Broadway credit to my name. I've never won any award for anything. I just made some albums <laughs> and, and now I'm doing this and I just like, I'm so grateful to be a part of it because my whole like young adult life up until now, I've been obsessed with miscast and, um, I auditioned for the Boston Conser Boston Conservatory Miscast Cabaret all four years, and I did not get in. So, <laughs> look at me I, now. Yeah, I'm just like I'm so thankful to have this opportunity. Um, and you know what? There are so many good ones. There's so many good performances. Like, I I should probably just like go back and watch every single one ever. But I gotta say, because because of the song and because of the magic of this moment this what is it about her stephanie j block was so good <laughs> and yeah just yummy really yummy and i don't know that's the first one that's coming to mind although as someone who's not good at coming up with things on the spot no, i'm sure I'm so many that i am in love with um but yeah I'm I'm just so thrilled and I am apparently going to be the first person to ever play an instrument doing really this yeah well, well I okay I have to say I was there at miscast and uh Katrina Link played the violin so I'm not sure if it's well, they guitar. told me that no one's no one's ever played guitar before. OK, that that OK, that makes sense. I did because I did see Katrina play a violin or a fiddle. I'm not sure if it what it was to be different, to be honest with you. But playing a like that's that's crazy. Like that's I mean, I don't know if that's something you can put on your your resume, but that's still a cool thing <laughs> to be able to say. Yeah. Bernie was like, you have to play guitar. No one's ever done it before. I was like, that's OK, <laughs> like, sure. If no one's ever done it before, I'm. Definitely. I, I'm down to make history. I yeah. guess. And and you don't really tell Bernie Telsey no. Like that's 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 not something that you do in, in the theater industry. But especially um, when he also has just good ideas always. Of course. So. Like there's a reason he's Bernie Telsey. Like there's a reason yeah. that he is who he is. But yeah. um, well, Ellery, I really appreciate this. I cannot wait to see you at the end of the month down here at the Dr. Phillips Center. And I've just really thoroughly enjoyed the last couple of years watching you on social media just become uh, the burgeoning superstar that you are. So uh, completely thrilled for all of your successes and can't wait to see what's next. But of course, even more excited for uh, Thursday, March 30th down here in Orlando. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and I'm just, I'm, thank you for being along for the ride because <laughs> it's been <laughs> someone to hold me too close Someone to hurt me too deep Someone to sit in my chair And ruin my sleep And make me aware of being alive Being alive Someone to crowd you with you to care someone to make you come through who'll always be there as frightened as you of being alive being alive 
Somebody know me too well Somebody pull me up short And put me through hell And give me support for being alive Make me alive Make me alive Make me confused Survive. 